so once a month, the first Sunday of every month, Grace Church Walla Walla opens up its sanctuary to the congregation. We like to see where you guys are, where, where you're at, what's going on in your life, how God is moving in your life, and what, what uh, has God shared with you in his word that will um, connect with the hearts and minds of those of us here in this room and those of us at home. So, without any further delay, is there anyone have a, have a SOAP uh, they would like to share with us today? And, and SOAP stands for Scripture, uh, uh, Observation, Application, and Prayer. Try to limit your, your, your SOAP to about six minutes. If it goes a little bit long, I'll probably come up and grab the mic from you. I, well, Dave said, don't do that. So, you know, our pastor, senior pastor said, don't, don't be grabbing mics. So I won't. I'll probably just kind of do this. Pardon me? Oh, yes. And my wife is saying, uh, children, you are dismissed. Just take a couple of minutes before that. Okay, who would like to share a soap with us this morning? It's going to be a real short service if there's nobody has a soap. Yes. Okay. Thanks so much. Uh, so I'm, I'm super excited. Clay's actually leaving with his mom to go to kids' church, but. Oh, they're just checking it out. Okay, glad you're staying. In the so, um, uh, Teresa here with Clay coming down the center row with and my wife Marion. Um, and I'm sorry, do you remind me of your name again? Nick, are here. Uh, Teresa and I worked together for many years uh, at U.S. Bank, and we're friends, and we mutually pray for each other's kids. <laughs> and Clay is here, and um, super excited that they're here. Uh, on the you know Sunday when we're leading worship, I just am very uh, concerned to pray. Um, many of you know that my son Arthur uh, has special needs, and so often I'm in the back with him um, during service. Uh, he he's six years old and he's nonverbal, and we actually started coming to this church not to come to church but to pray with Dave and Mickey because they they do. Uh, uh, prayer ministry that's just open to whoever. Um, and so we found that and said, hey, can we come pray with you? Can we pray for our son? Uh, and so we were very blessed, and so we began to pray uh, for uh, our friend Clay. And I just wanted to pray for him uh, uh, today. And is it okay if, if uh, Marion uh, lays her hand on Clay? And if there's anyone else from the prayer team... Uh, would like to, if that's okay with Teresa. Uh, um, so, uh, Teresa, do you mind giving us a short summary of what's happening, or do you want me to do it? Okay, I'll do it. So, Clay has had multiple surgeries after an accident, uh, falling from a um, uh, four-wheeler, and his elbow 
His elbow has been, um, the bone has been dying. And he has a full kind of cast right now, or it's a fusion sort of thing where it's sort of a 90 degree angle. And they, and he can't move it. And maybe, and maybe the doctors are saying maybe they can't fix it. So we just say no in Jesus' name. You will restore that. And so I just want to pray for Clay. Dear Jesus, we pray. Uh, we stand in faith for Clay's arm and his whole body and his whole uh, being. In Jesus' name, that you would heal him. Uh, Father God, that you would restore him and that you would bring full life, uh, that your Holy Spirit restore and bring full life back into his arm and his, and his fingers and uh, his elbow and his shoulder. Um, and we thank you for all you're doing in his life in Teresa's life and in Nick's life. Thank you so much that they're here, that we would be able to pray together uh, as we've been praying for one another uh, at each other's homes and, and by text message over the last several months as there have been lots of surgeries. Um, and uh, Marion. Yes, Jesus, I just pray that you would just restore his arm, that you would heal the bone in his arm, and that he would have natural growth, natural movement, and that you would fill him with your presence right now, in your name. Thank you, Jesus. He's our healer. He's our rock. He's our high tower. He's our fortress. He is our comforter. Say now in Jesus' name, child be healed. Would anybody else like to share? You guys want to go home? Is there Sunday night? Is there Sunday football? Is there football games going on? <laughs> yes. You can either one. Bring your soap. Bring it. Bring it. Bring it. Just bring up the soap. The testimonies to follow. Okay. All right. There you go. Hi. Good morning. So um, I really didn't have this one prepared ahead of time. Um, but this was something that the Lord was showing me um, as I was helping someone a couple weeks ago. And I felt led to share it with you today. So um, the scripture verse is Proverbs 10, 18. It's not one that we really hear in church a whole lot. Sometimes those have really important meat in them for us. So Proverbs 10, 18, and I'm reading from the ESV, says... The one who conceals hatred has lying lips, and whoever utters slander is a fool. Now, on the surface, we're like, oh, yeah, absolutely, right? Kind of makes sense. But specifically, um, when the Holy Spirit highlights something in a way that makes it more practical for our lives, then it becomes richer, and it kind of takes on a new meaning, right? So my observation is that we, we know it's wrong to lie and to feel hatred toward our brothers because 
of all of the many verses that talk about how we need to love our enemy as ourselves and things like that. And so sometimes when something's happened in life, um, a negative circumstance, someone's treated us uh, maybe even cruelly, um, we, I've just noticed as Christians, we have a tendency to cover up when we struggle with something that's negative, when we struggle with feeling angry or bitter or hatred, because we know it's not okay, right? And so we, we just start stating the truth, which is good, but what the Holy Spirit was showing me is that if you cover it up instead of dealing with it, then you're actually deceiving yourself. You're deceiving yourself into thinking that you don't have something that you might really have buried somewhere in your heart. And the Lord wants us to be free. We're living in a time and season where he's really pouring out his spirit. He really wants to like clear this junk out of our hearts so that we can more, more readily and just come into this deeper place of intimacy and trust with the Lord. And it's, it's about way more than just ourselves. It's about our families. It's about our communities. It's about our cities and our regions. But it starts with us. And so um, my application is that all of us would not be afraid to see what might be in our heart. Because God already knows. <laughs> it doesn't surprise him. He already knows. And he's not threatened by it. And he's not angry at it. And out of love, he will show it to you so that you can give it over to him and work through it with him. And then that thing, which might have been buried, will no longer have a place in your heart and will no longer have um, influence over you. And so my prayer today is, Holy Spirit, that we would learn to be bigger and more active partners with you in our lives, that you would show us anything in our hearts that need to be fleshed out, that we would not be afraid to see what's in our hearts, that we wouldn't be afraid out of some sort of sense of, oh, that's wrong, but that we would have this just child expectancy and trust and be open to what you might be showing us so that we can be more healed, more whole, and more filled with you, Holy Spirit. In this, I pray for all of us. Amen. Did you also have an announcement um, that you wanted to make? Yeah, and I didn't call on you. I just remembered sitting there. I did have an announcement. Okay. Thank you so much for remembering. Better late than never. Um, yeah, my husband's holding it up for me over there. So hands and feet uh, ministry. Um, we are serving a Thanksgiving meal for Thanksgiving. Thank you so much. And um, we have the food covered for this month um, thanks to a um, handful of people in our congregation. So thank you. Um, we are also doing the end of the month um, service at one of the retirement centers like we've been doing. But the, the big announcement is for December, we're putting together about 70 care packages to the homeless population. And um, in those care packages, we want to have some goodies, treats. We want to have a, a clothing item as well as a few other things and a handwritten um, Christmas letter to each person. And even though we won't have their names, um, it, you know, we can all handwrite something 
whatever the Lord gives us on our heart, and we can pray over it that it will go to the exact right person so that they know they're not forgotten, they're not overlooked, and whatever trauma they're going through, because a lot of them do have a lot of trauma, that the Holy Spirit will meet them where they're at. Um, And so we're asking the congregation, anyone who wants to partner, um, to just maybe seek the Lord on what you could do there. It might be as simple as just, you know, five Christmas cards for your family. Or it might be you go to the grocery store and then you pick up um, some of those, like, emergency vitamin C packets and you drop it off, and we'll put those in the care packages. So I have a list here of items that we are needing for it, and um, I'll be out front over there today handing those out so that you can just take a look at the list and see whatever's put on your heart. All right, thank you. anybody else like to share soap today I know every one of you have one I know that no Rob how you doing brother hanging in there yeah we had a great time last weekend first John 1 9 uh if you want to bring that verse up. This is a one of the five basic assurances that the navigators came out with a little insurance pack. Assurance of salvation. Assurance of uh, answered prayer. Assurance of victory. And assurance of uh, forgiveness. And there's another one. I, I'm forgetting that one right now. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Um, Why is that important? Well, we're sinners saved by grace, but as an identity in Christ, we're saints who sin. So God never looks at us and says, well, you blew it, so you're out of my favor right now. And this looks like, this is the observation, by the way, this, this looks like uh, a if-then statement, right? The structure of the sentence. I was an elementary ed teacher, so I know a little bit about English and took a lot of English classes. But it looks like an if-then statement in, in, in English language. And it says, if we confess our sins, he is then faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay, so if then, okay, I've got to confess my sins or I'm not going to be forgiven. Well, it's not quite that way, the way I understand it. I'm not a Greek scholar, but I have heard Greek scholars talk about there's another tense in Greek that is not in English, and that's called the aorist tense. Now, are you edified? You can go home and say, wow, I learned about the aorist tense today. The aorist tense says is more of a flow of... Uh, it, it would be translated, if we could translate it into English, and it's a struggle to do that, is as we are for continually confessing our sins, he is continually faithful to forgive our sins and cleanses from all unrighteousness. It's more, it's more like I'm already forgiven before God because of the cross. I've already, Christ is all already in me. Um, so why do I need to confess my sins? It's just the reality of truth. I'm living in a, in a, atmosphere of truth as I am Lord that was wrong 
He is always continually forgiving me. Does that make sense? Translation from the, from the Greek there. <laughs> bad, bad idea. So that's the observation is that I am always before God recognizing the truth of how I'm living. And God is continually forgiving me. Now let me get to the last part of that verse a little bit. He cleanses me from some unrighteousness. He cleanses me from most of it. No, he, he says it cleanses me from what? All unrighteousness. As we are continually confessing our sins, he is continually cleansing us from all unrighteousness. Now, my feeling when I've sinned or done something I've offered, you know, I want to make that right. I want to tell God about it. But sometimes the gut feeling is like, man, I'm just, I should know better. I, 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 in other words, shame. I live in this kind of a atmosphere of shame. Uh, I could have done a lot better. I know better, and, and here I am, you know, you know, hit eyes lowered in shame. But I have to come back to this verse, is that the fact is I'm forgiven however I feel. Feeling did not dictate the idea of God's forgiveness for me. I am one of those people that tends towards depression. I'm not claiming that I'm a depressive person or I'm depressed, but I, I tend to fall. That's kind of a thing that I fall into often. And why? Because the circumstances of my life don't line up with the truth of sometimes of what God is trying to say. So, it's all observation. <clears throat> um, application. Lord, this is, this is where we go. I'm going to trust God that all my sins are cleansed when I confess, as I confess, as I'm continually confessing. And I'm not going to base forgiveness on my feelings. That make sense? Yeah. So prayer. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, um, I am speaking in the first person here, but you can pray along with me if you'd like. Lord, um, I forsake the idea that my feelings will dictate my forgiveness. I forsake the idea that I have to feel great when I confess sin, so I'm totally cleansed and free. Sometimes that happens, Lord. I forsake the, the agreement that um, because I've sinned, you're far, far away. And that's just not true. Um, you live within it. And thank you that you've cleansed us from all unrighteousness. And you love us with all of your heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Are there any other soaps? Anybody else like to share soap? By the way, um, before I call on, on the next person, uh, forgiveness is a fact. It's not a feeling. We're commanded to forgive. Forgiveness opens up the floodgates of heaven so that we can receive those blessings. 
Love liberates God and gives him the, uh, the ability, the opportunity in your life to bless you. Hate halts blessing. If we have discontent, resentment, anger in our hearts, those blessings kind of come to a halt until, we're, until we find a way through, through, the, through the power of Jesus Christ to forgive those who've trespassed against us. It is such an important component of the Christian walk. It's not just because, you know, we want to forgive others because <clears throat> of, uh, uh, of some, some obligation that we have to them to restore relationship. Yes, that's all true, but it's more than that. Forgiveness allows God to move in my life. It, it, it gives him license to do and to, to accomplish what his word says that he will accomplish in my life. Let go of your, your hurts, your habits, your hang-ups. Let go. Take the, walk those to the foot of the cross. Drop them at the foot of Jesus Christ. He paid the price so that you don't have to suffer. You can open up those floodgates and receive that blessing that he has in store for you. He says to love one another as, you know, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Well, I love myself. Sometimes not very much. And maybe sometimes not well. But I want to live. I want to prosper. I want to be loved. And the way that that is amplified, those my shortcomings, my frailties, my character defects are absorbed in the love of God that he has for me. So I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be, on, you know, a showman or on point all the time. I can fail. And he will lift me up. Amen? Do you have a soap, dear? Please come up. debating coming up and then Raleigh um, stole my purse <laughs> so I figured that's a prompting from the Lord I'm not gonna kind of scream so my uh, scripture is first John 1 9 from the amplified version if we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins he is faithful and just true to his own nature and promises and for, will forgive us our sins, dismiss our lawlessness, and continuously cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Everything not in conformity to his will in purpose, thought, and action. Observation. In the choices that I make, I accept the natural consequences of my actions. When I choose to sin and continue in my sin, this is when I position myself for misguidance. I position myself to be desolate, afflicted by guilt, fear, shame, and isolation. Application. There is hope 
and power in the name of Jesus. The application from this scripture that I think is most true is accountability. When we confess our sins, when I confess my sins, um, I'm not only confessing them to myself, but to God, and it's encouraged to confess them to someone that I trust. I think what's most applicable about this is that we're able to recognize the flaws within ourselves so that we can be cleansed. And it is through the grace of God that we're able to practice and practice and practice as we continue to fail or sin um, until we get it just right. Prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness. Lord, thank you that you hold us accountable lovingly. Lord, we kneel down to you as we know that we sin. We ask, Lord, that you continue to pour your grace on us, encourage us, and continue to clean us, Lord, as we learn from our mistakes and grow in you as we walk and through your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Ioni. I love being married to a woman of God. It is so cool. Just so you know. I married a Sunday school teacher. Who knew? Who knew? Do we have any other soaps we'd like to share? If not, I'll, I'll close with mine and then. Um, We'll invite the prayer teams up. Uh, we'll have a closing song, and at the end of that song, we'll be dismissed. Uh, would anybody else like to share their soap? Okay. So my scripture today comes from Isaiah 55, chap, uh, verse 8 through 11. And I'm going to read this out of the NIV. Do we have the NIV? I think we have the NIV. We have the NIV. Okay. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. It's a common scripture. We've heard, heard it many times. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me empty but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So what he's saying there is the word of God has power. And that as we speak the word of God, physically speak it into the universe, it will not return to him void, but it will accomplish that what he, is, he, is, uh, <clears throat> uh, what he desires and achieve the, pur the purpose for which it was sent. So when we pray, we pray out loud, and that's why we pray out loud, and that's why we pray God's word. My observation, kingdom living begins with kingdom thinking. All actions begin within the realm of the thought life. I remember the airwave gurus of the 1970s, 80s, and 90s promoting their motivational products. They tied all that they sold to positive mental attitude. Even the secular understands the value of a positive thought life. Its influence on behavior 
and its power over failure. The same holds true for the Christian thought life. Without the knowledge of God's word, my thoughts are vulnerable to the assault of lies so pervasive in our society today. Without the understanding of God's sacrifice, my thoughts freely reprodu reproduce sin in my life. And without the wisdom of God's love, my thoughts make the sound of clanging brass in my mind. On the one hand, it's easier to ignore my character defects if I deflect focus toward the, defe the defects of others. On the other hand, it's harder to hold myself accountable for those very same defects. It's easier to personalize the insults of my accusers, but it's harder to look for the deeper pain that lies beneath those insults. It's easier to blame... <laughs> She's very vocal today. It's easier to blame life's unfortunate events on outside circumstances. It's harder to look inside myself for the part I played in the fall. My application. In my world, behavior equals intent. Sometimes I say things I don't mean, but I normally act with intention. Consequently, my words are meaningless without the action to back them up. Likewise, God's word is made of no effect in my life if my actions do not conform to those words. God loves me and wants me near him in spirit and in truth. He has set aside a portion of his love, peace, and joy, which are directly proportional to the time I invest in building a relationship with him. It's in his word that his thoughts are revealed, that his ways are made clearer, and my path is made straight. God's word is power. Agreeing with God in prayer infuses that power into my spoken word. Speaking God's logos in faith is rhema to me as a believer. God's word is the motivation for the prodigal and shelter for the lost. Abiding in truth is a requirement in that discipleship. Truth is the power that subdues lies. Truth takes deception captive and exposes it to the light. I have an intimate understanding of truth. I know that it is irrevocable, it is indestructible, and it is self-fulfilling. Intimacy with the truth of God's word liberates my soul from the bonds of spiritual, emotional, and physical slavery. It renews my mind and transforms my heart. Peace, joy, and love are the outward manifestations of that transformation. Goodness and mercy are self-evident in my life when I abide in him through his word. And finally, my prayer. God of love, take my heart and change it. Take what is rough in me and make it gentle. Take my fear and make it courage. Take my sickness and heal me. Amen. I'd like to invite the praise team.
close us out in a song. Always happens like that. Pardon me. I'd like to invite the prayer teams to come forward. If you need prayer today, if there's something going on in your life and you would like to confess, we have godly ears to hear your cries. If you have someone in your life that you're praying for, you're standing in the gap for, come forward, let us agree with you. There's power in numbers. benediction today comes to you from Numbers. There it is. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. And after the song, we are dismissed. Let's sing, and I believe you've overcome uh, from Fight My Battles. And I believe you've overcome
bind up the brokenhearted as we go into a new week. I think of all the sharing and all the scripture and all the prayer. And I think, well, who brought us here together, right? It was God. Who is responding to our prayers? It is God. Who is giving us the strength and the grace to cry out to him, to ask for forgiveness, to confess our sins? It's all from him. surrounding us and gifting us his blessings making us more like him it may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you it may look